Welcome to the Land of Etheria. Season 1, The Shattering. Episode 27, Blue and the Botanist. Once upon a time, in the Land of Etheria, there was a Princess Nea and a Princess Lulu, and they went on the most amazing adventures. They had just learned that their two ogre friends, Wall and Ola, were actually long-lost elf siblings who had been turned into ogres. As soon as the two of them heard that their mother was alive and lived above Larrakesh, they decided that they needed to go see her. But the funny thing was, she wasn't an ogre like them, she was still an elf. But that story is for another time. Now, since Prince Ellery had heard about the lost Larrakesh babies, she was committed to seeing this adventure through. She also wanted to figure out a way to help Morinville not be so mad at ogres and dwarfs and uncommon animals that could talk. So Nea, Lulu, Paul, Ellery, Wall, and Ola decided to travel back to the beach town together. Oleander was kind enough to find a couple of griffins that they could ride, for you couldn't get to Larrakesh by land. At least they hadn't found out how to yet. They took two of the griffins and flew side by side over Tortura Bay. Paul, Ola, and Wall on one, and Nea, Lulu, and Ellery on another. As they came near Larrakesh, they saw an old friend, Princess Blue from Alamia. Ola, Wall, and Paul went up the mountain to reunite with their mother up in the elven tower on the cliff where she lived. Nea, Lulu, and Ellery headed to the village to see what Blue was doing there. Now, Blue was a mermaid, or at least she was when she was wearing her Torturian scale. Just like windmaids and windmen had magic Skyrabian feathers that made them fly, mermaids and mermen had magic Torturian scales. And those gave them fishtails and gills. But today she was walking on land versus swimming in the sea, so she had land legs. After introducing her to Ellery, Blue began to explain why she was there. I came here to the Elven Keep because we're going to need the elves united. There's some confusion and disagreement among them. That, and I heard there's a power crystal here. Nea smiled. Well, guess what we learned, she asked. Blue had no clue. What? she asked. It better be good. Oh, it sure is, Nea assured her. We learned the other day something about Lulu. She's one of the keepers. Lulu revealed her yellow tornadian crystal which shined bright in front of Blue. That's great news! It's good to know that it's in good hands. Lulu smiled proudly. Blue then looked around from side to side. My problem now is, is that my scale is missing, and without it, I can't get back to Alamia. Where did you last see it? asked Nea. How would I know? I mean, when I get on land, I take it off and put it in my pocket every time. She tore open her pockets and revealed that they were empty. Hmm. And what did you do when you last had it? Well, I went to the village and got a snack. I've been swimming all day, so I've been kind of hungry. 
then headed up those long, high steps to the keep, up there on the cliffs. The sad old lady there told me she gave it away, the crystal, and when I realized my pocket was empty, I came back down and was just about to ask some of the villagers for help when you guys showed up. Well, maybe we should ask if any of the elves have seen it, Ellery said. So they walked to the village and asked around. They came across a small elf family with two kids who were very curious about Blue. They had seen her come out of the water with legs and heard of magic scales and feathers that could change your abilities. They also knew of other magical things like roots that could protect you and coral from under the sea that could heal your body. Earlier that day, they had met a dwarf that was looking for such coral. You heard about coral from a dwarf? asked Blue. It was extremely odd that a dwarf would think of coral for healing instead of land magic like fairy water. We sure are getting a lot of strange visitors, the mom elf replied. Do you think it's because of that yellow star that fell? We don't normally get that many visitors here. We're a small elf village out here on the beach. The dad elf just nodded, holding his pipe up to his lips and taking a breath. How do you think a dwarf could get here? asked Lulu, looking around. Then she saw something on the ground. There, in front of her, were footprints. But not elf footprints, or human footprints, or even griffin footprints. They were something else, something shorter and stockier. They followed the footprints all the way to the base of the mountain and to the side of the path that led up to the keep. What on earth? Nea asked. They just stop at the mountain. Ellery walked up to the mountain and started looking around. It's almost like there should be a hole here, she said, noticing an outline in the mountain, the perfect shape of a cave. Then she started feeling the side of the mountain until one of the areas clicked. Click. The mountain rumbled and revealed a cave within the mountain. You really think a dwarf took your scale? Asked Lulu. Well, I'm not really sure, but how cool is this? said Blue, rushing into the cave. Come on, let's see where this goes. As they traveled down into the cave, they found an underground city of dwarves, one they'd never, ever seen before. It was the dwarf city of Darmida. They had heard of it, but they'd never been there before. Inside, they came upon a dwarf when they stopped for a snack. This dwarf was kind enough to tell them that there was a dwarf from Wolfmound, Hollow, that was rushing back to the mainland. But before he would share which direction the dwarf went, this dwarf wanted to hear of the princess's adventures. It wasn't every day that this dwarf came across adventurers in Darmida. So they told him all about the crystals and the ruins. When he heard how they were protected by magic, he told them of something he'd heard from his older sister once that there was an underground fire temple that was also protected by magic. When he felt like he'd heard enough about the adventures, because Ellery and Blue had some adventures to share of their own, he told them which cave this particular elf was headed down. The dwarf they were following was headed to Morinvale. In the caves, they walked and walked and walked 
And when they thought they couldn't walk anymore, they kept on walking. They were convinced they were never going to find this dwarf and be able to get Blue's magic scale back. But they finally emerged out of the cave and found themselves on the outskirts of Moranvale, the cave closing in behind them as they exited. And there on the ground, they could still make out the dwarf tracks which led them right to an almshouse in Moranvale. This is where we help those who are sick, Ellery said, leading the way. When they opened the door, can you guess who they saw? It was Joe the botanist, sitting in the back of the room in a chair, coughing and wheezing. And next to her sat Hickory, the inventor, very quiet and very somber. But no dwarfs in sight. Lulu realized that the three dwarfs, Elefania, Potifania, and Jacob, were supposed to be traveling with Joe, but they were nowhere. She also realized that it must have been the dwarves who took Blue's scale. Where are the dwarves? asked Luca. Joe and Hickory looked up, very confused. But Joe had gotten so sick she could hardly speak up. Seconds later, two of the three dwarves walked in, Elefania and Potifania. I think I know what's going on, Joe said, looking behind her. Jacob, the third dwarf, slowly came out of hiding and showed himself to the princesses. He was crouched behind a bed. Jacob! Elefania yelled. What did you do this time? Jacob's face was bright red. He knew he'd been caught. I took it. Well, I found it. The scale. He pulled out of his pocket Blue's Torturian scale. I went to find some fairy water in the Morn Caves, but when I heard that a mermaid came to shore, I went to go meet her. I was going to ask her to help me find some magic coral from under the sea. He motioned over to Blue and made big swimming motions with his hands. When I saw her scale fall out of her pocket, I thought, well, maybe I can find it myself, he said, pointing to his chest. So I decided to borrow it, you know, just for a little while. Jacob by now was fully into his story and had almost forgotten about everyone around him. He was waving his arms and making dramatic faces as he continued. Then I realized I didn't know where to find the magic coral under the sea. I mean, I'd never been under the sea before. And it hit me. I'll give the scale to Joe so she could visit her friend Jewel. Jacob finally reached the punchline and took a deep breath. His whole face was red by now, partly from embarrassment and partly from all the work it took to act out his story. Jacob was a very animated dwarf. Joe looked down at Jacob. Oh, Jacob, I don't need a magic scale to visit Alamia, and I don't think fairy water or special coral will help me. I've lived a long, long life, and I've gotten to go on some amazing adventures in my time. All of this that's happening, it's okay. I'm at peace with it, and it's happening for a reason. She looked at Hickory and gave him a smile. A small tear left Hickory's face and fell down his cheek. Naya and Lulu, she said, calling the princesses over. I'm glad you both are here. This means you'll need to find another keeper for the green Turanian crystal. I can't make it to the other temples like this. As she said that, she pulled out the green crystal and handed it to Nea. 
Joe, where are we going to find another keeper like you? Asked Elefania. You won't find one like me. You'll find the one you need, she said. Now when Joe handed over the crystal to Nea, it didn't get darker like you would have expected. The crystals only stayed bright for keepers, which could only mean one thing. There was another keeper nearby. And the only person they knew that hadn't been around the crystal before was... Blue? asked Lulu. Take the crystal. Why? Blue asked, really confused. Because you're the only one who hasn't been around the green crystal before. No, you, you don't understand. I, I can't be a keeper. That's not for me. I'm not a keeper. I'm a fighter. You might have to be both, said Nea. Etheria needs you. And these dwarves, they need you. Yes, yes. You can help us heal the world, the dwarves chanted. Travel with these guys, she said, a little unsure. We're not that bad. We're not that bad at all. In fact, we're pretty tough. When Blue saw how happy it made the dwarves feel, and how sick the botanist was, and how kind of adventurous the dwarves were, Blue decided to take a chance. You know what? I think I would like to go on an adventure with you guys. Maybe it could even be fun. Although she didn't like the idea of being a keeper of the green crystal, she thought she could get used to it. She spent the night talking with Joe, the botanist, and then spent some time with the dwarves. The very next day, they agreed to set back out and continue on their mission to find all the temples and heal the plants in Etheria. The End The Land of Etheria is produced by a father-daughter team and made possible in part to its supporting fans. It's contributions from fans like you that keep the adventure going. If you enjoy The Land of Etheria and would like to see more episodes, please visit us at www.thelandofetheria.com and consider supporting the podcast. Thank you, and have a great night.